Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. question for y'all mm-hmm. so jake and i are getting married as previously mentioned what <laughs> and <laughs> sorry i wasn't uh, there for that intro that's true we we have not told kim beforehand um yeah task kim we're getting married um so we're we're <laughs> all looking, of us together uh, all of us <laughs> crypto crypto wedding sorry to all of your partners <laughs> they, they can come too um and we're we're talking about eloping right just saving money even though that's still barely possible with a wedding these days uh and you know focusing on everything on the honeymoon i mentioned that i had gotten engaged to a client that i work with pretty frequently at work and he said oh yeah send me an invitation and i go oh well we're eloping so we're not sending invitations to anybody and he goes no 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 listen this is what i tell everyone send me an invitation i will not be there i promise you I, no matter what i won't be there but that's your ticket to a gift and I was like, damn, all right, I'll print you out a single invitation. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned this to Jake. We were talking the other day and he said, uh, we should just send invitations to like celebrities and be like, you know, maybe they'll read it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll send something. And he was like, yeah, let's send one to Obama at his Hawaii house. <laughs> we like passed by it while we were there. So we were talking about like who else we should send to. And so I'm wondering, like, who do you guys think is like, the celebrity we should send a random invite to our elopement. Like, if we were doing a full wedding and you guys got invitations. Those what, are two big Fs. What, cele- <laughs> what celebrity would you give your invitation to? The single person. I have seen lists of people that like- That like will give you stuff. Absolutely, that do send stuff. And it's like a weird list. But uh, because of that, and because I'm a huge fan anyway, uh, I'm absolutely sending an invitation to Robert England, a.k.a. Ooh. Freddy Krueger himself. Mm. Uh, and there's a bunch of other people that apparently are like very into that and very flattered that they are invited by their fans. So yeah, do it. Absolutely do it. Forward me that list. I, I'll look for it. Um, It was a year or two ago when I saw it, but yeah, I'll, I'll try to find that. Because I love the idea of sending out a bunch of invitations to celebrities and then randomly we have like <laughs> Robert England <laughs> and yeah. Brendan Fraser and Obama show up to our elopement <laughs> and like nobody else. <laughs> they're, they're all just like, Oh, we happen to have nothing planned for this weekend, and we were in the area. All three of us together. <laughs> we were out here anyway. To be clear, that, that list I saw was people that just are like, oh, that's nice, and they send stuff. They don't show up. Man, I think I would forward my wedding invitation to six-time Tony Award winner Audrey McDonald, because she has six Tonys, so maybe she'd send one of them as like a present, because you don't need that many. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with all of these. I've run out of shelf space. 
I would want to send mine to someone that I could hire to show up as well. Like, I will absolutely make sure this person shows up. <laughs> so, like, someone from a convention list, like um, Paul Rubens or like, just some, <laughs> some random celebrity who has started going to, like, conventions. And it's clear that, like, yeah, they'll show up a place for money. And I think I would give my just just to see the look on your face when like some B list celebrity shows up. To your <laughs> I've wedding. got some bad news for you about Paul Rubens. Ref. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one might not go well. <laughs> or if he does show up, news breaking. Okay, absolutely the most memorable wedding on earth. <laughs> Tass, you are falling, getting swept away by this avalanche of rock. You are still a fair distance away from the edge of the anvil, but you know that if not interfered with, this cascade will carry you to and over. What do you want to do? What's the landscape here? Like, is everything so crumbled that I'm being swept up? If so, I want to look for like an outcropping, like something that is stationary that hasn't crumbled that I can hold on to. But if anything is like solid enough that I can scramble up and against the flow, I want to try to do that. Why don't you give me a tracking survival roll to get the read of the landscape here? Eight. All right. So you can tell that currently these are still large chunks, particularly like what's coming down off the surface that you were standing on. I think you can also tell from how this detonated, like how this is going down that because there's so much dead space underneath and because so much of the mine is like old and probably rotten, it will quickly pulverize and powderize. So your time to work with still sizable chunks of rock is quite limited, but you have a moment. I'm going to take that moment, see if I can scramble up against this and, and get to flatter footing. Okay, give me an athletics acrobatics skill roll. All right. Even with my minus one, that's a 10. Woo. Wow. You are able to react quickly, get purchase on some of these larger chunks before they crumble into nothing and scramble up and out of this rock flow and back onto solid ground adjacent to the mine entrance. And a moment later, you are just looking down through what is now a chasm at the rest of your squad standing near the mine entrance uh, in front of this pile of stone. What's taking you so long? Uh, had to get some of the dynamite really in there. Went fine. It's all fine. And I'm just clinging to the edge, just holding on. Well, let's go before the ghosts make their way up. I, I just need a second. He's so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably a good view up there. That's true. And I just slowly inch my way over and lower myself to the, to the ground. <sighs> let's go. Let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you all have dealt with the circle, and now collapsed the mine as well. You know that that will take care of the zombies or whatever the living corpses are down there. Uh, is there anything else you all want to do before you depart? So, uh, what do we think happened to the ghosts? Well, I assume they're still in there, right? Well, I mean, a lot of it's just gone now. Yeah, I wonder if, like, a ghost haunts a certain place if that place doesn't exist. Are they still bound? Oh, yeah, like if a ghost is haunting a house, and then you put that house on a semi and move it, is it haunting the house still or the land that the house used to be on? So either those ghosts are just haunting the rubble, or they're now haunting whatever is over the edge at the bottom. Cam can fly. He'll find him. Yeah, that's true. Where is he? I thought he was going to show up when... When we needed him. 
and we didn't really need him. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah, we never really got close to the ghost, so. I mean, in my vision, he was flying around and he was doing his thing, so, you know, I assume that the ghost mine is on his list eventually. It's just, it was going to move up in the list of priorities if we were being actively attacked by ghosts. And with the Helldowns being a ghost town, there's nobody really nearby in danger except us. Sure, let's leave then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay with leaving. I want to get as far away from the edge of this thing as possible, please. Yeah, get the uh, collapsible lift loaded back up and head back to the train. Okay, any reason to stop back off in the Helldowns on the way through? Just to admire that sign one yeah. last time. All right. It is about five hours ride back to the train, but you are able to get back, get back on board. What's the plan from here? So we don't really know what we're looking for in Lost Hope. No, we just kind of have a area. Yeah. God. Yeah, how small can we triangulate that? I mean, the exact center pretty closely when it comes to how far the outlying like adjustment circles might be, that's, there's no way to know. But I did get the impression that it's as deep or deeper in the ground than the one we just dealt with. Oh no, so maybe another mine or like a canyon? Yeah, I hope it's not like over the edge or something. Maybe we did that once already. We could do it again, right? <laughs> I meant like- Oh, you mean like at the bottom. At the floor, yeah. I don't think the lift will go that long. I don't think we have enough rope to take the lift down that far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's really no way to know until, you know, we see what that area looks like. But, I mean, we're heading into Monster Town. That's not really any sort of settlements or civilization that we know of, right? It's just kind of free-for-all out there. Don't really know. Yeah, I mean, it's always possible that some group of creatures has joined together in some kind of society, but it's definitely never been spoken of to us. I wonder how many kaiju are over there. Probably a lot. Think I'll see another one? I can't imagine that you won't. Okay. I wish you weren't so excited by that prospect. <laughs> just, I'm just, you know, I'm just getting ready for battle pl battle plans, for ba battle battling the plans. From my understanding, a lot of the people in kaiju movies die. <laughs> not, the, not the named characters. Not the main character. <laughs> oh, I'm not a main character. Yet, yes, just, you are. I'm a guest. No, that is not true. He's Do I have a last name? <laughs> you don't know. You Just, don't know. <laughs> get the hell out of here before one of these things kills Rev. <laughs> That's a good point. You have a first name, but if not a last name, you're in danger. Right? I've seen Galaxy Quest. That might help us. Having seen Galaxy yeah. Quest? Yeah. Go on. I don't know. Wasn't there like, there's like some scenes where there was like a rock monster. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like rocky terrain. Maybe just like thinking about like, to an extent, this is an alien world. Though when they fought the giant monster in Galaxy Quest, they just had to run away. Yeah. Hmm. I think you just did that part. I did just run away from a lot of, of big rocks. Yes. Okay, this is full circle. This is just Galaxy Quest 2. Thought it was Cowboy World. <laughs> Surprise. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Galaxy Pals, <laughs> where we talk about Galaxy Quest and speculate on possible alternative plot threads. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about our Galaxy Quest fan fiction, listen to a very specific episode set of Hero Salad. <laughs> <laughs> Support us on Patreon. <laughs> well... What is this going to look like? Like, are we setting something up? Is there some magic-y thing one of you can do to, like, ping an area? 
I don't know, like a, a rune finder or something. Because otherwise, we're just going to spend months walking up and down, back and forth, hoping we find something. I mean, if there's anyone to talk to over there, which there might be, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, like, if that's a whole area that is just full of weird monsters, th- then I feel like we just want to go to the weirdest, most monstrous part of it. Well, I mean, again, I can take us to the location. It may just be very far below us or above us, but I think below us. Knowing the exact center, the exact location, can you tell how far away from the tracks it is? Uh, do we know where the tracks go further along? I mean, I assumed it was a circle, like a perfect circle. Sure, if we're assuming it's a circle, then yes, I can tell you that. Based off of the tracks that we've been on so far, is there any reason to think that it would deviate from its path? Or is this not a perfect circle? I don't know how train tracks work. The only thing I know is like the ones you do at Christmas time mm. to go around a tree. And you're thinking of the anvil as a tree. Yes. M- more so, the, the tracks only come in like three different shapes. There's a straight <laughs> one. There's curved this way. There's maybe a little twisty. But if you do all the circles, it makes a circle. Yeah. Have we been doing a, a circle this whole time? The course you all have been on has pretty much been a circle. Um, There are other offshoots of the rail and like parallel tracks and stuff, just none that have had any relevance uh, along your route. And I would say the tracks you're on aren't a perfect circle. But yeah, I mean, they're they're generally hugging a perimeter from the spike on their way around. That's at least good enough to get us in the ballpark of knowing if we're going to have to travel to the edge again like we did at the mines or if it'll be somewhere where we can access the workshop easily if we need to. Okay, so having the two points that we've dealt with, can I try to figure out where to stop the train, assuming that the the track continues in a circle? How would you narrow it down? Like knowing that the triangle doesn't need to be like equilateral or anything anymore, you know, you, you know that this one's below grade, but it could be in a pretty substantial region and still make, you know, three points that make a triangle. How would you narrow it down? Have we seen any rune modifiers at the other locations, like things that indicate like, oh, this one was made bigger, this one was made smaller, or... I don't think you have gotten a good look at either of the circles so far. Uh, Megan got a good look at the bell. Mm -hmm. Kim saw the ones in the tavern... Yeah. And you all probably saw the one that came in uh, on that pickaxe just now. Yeah. We've all seen the ones in the tavern because she drew those for us. Right. But yeah, not the bell. I think this would kind of be a test of Megan's recall, Mm. probably, and then what you can glean from it. Okay. So, Megan, I think you could uh, use a skill, give me an awareness roll, because I think that's the best way to determine, like, you weren't scrutinizing the runes on the bell, so what did you notice and happen to retain right yeah because i just kind of looked over them when i was trying to get cam out i wasn't sure if anything bad was going to happen but it's not exactly like i could go oh i know exactly what this is warning do not release bad or something it's a five Woo! yeah she sketches out what she can remember of the runes and the pattern um and rev it does seem like there is a like a size modifier involved here um, that you think you're going to be looking for something actually like pretty pinpoint out there, fairly small. Okay, so in here, there is a size modifier, but I think it's one of the ones that makes it smaller. So theoretically, we know the location of where the mine was. We know where it was in the city, and those were, you know, bigger ones. So we should be able to place that equidistant bigger one 
and know that within that bigger one, there's a tiny one someplace. I'm nodding along with every word with so much confidence. That sounded great. Yeah, I'm a little nervous at how confident he sounds and like I think you can <laughs> you can see that I'm like nodding but then I'm also taking like a pencil and like looking at the runes and adding another line in there that I think I forgot and <laughs> <laughs> erasing a different part being like I hope well, that doesn't change anything but Wait, I'm pretty is that, sure what that, huh that tail yep. that tail was there or wasn't there uh yeah no it was uh yeah it was there okay yeah. I mean, I saw the bell for a second. That looks familiar. Yeah, I reach over and I put the line back that she erased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all, all told, I think this gives you a radius uh, that you feel fairly confident working within. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's it's that big circle, so it's still, like, might be a decent bit of hunting. Yeah. But you have a general idea of where along this route it will be and, like, how far off from the center it will be. All right, let's go. Yeah, I'll start the train. And the idea is that, you know, we know the location of the two big circles. I'll set the third one on the map and kind of stop the train once it's in the middle of that, knowing that we need to scour that larger circle for the more specific area. Okay. Cruise gives you a wave, fires up the engine, and gets you all rolling. Jake, you have just seen through the eyes of this other you. They are currently on Keeley Island on the docks in that small village, and by the look on Nia's face, you understand that she doesn't know it's not you. I'm trying to think if there's any way that like I could glean anything of other me's intent in this situation. Like I know how Nia's reacting to him. I can't really think of a way though, like without seeing my reflection or something of trying to read like what's behind his eyes. Yeah. Probably not. I mean I I know where he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I could think of. Like, I feel like the next step's just got to be to get close to him. So, yeah. All right. This vision cuts out. And as it cuts out, you hear Detective Early setting down a large stack of papers on one of the tables. Well, I know where he is. Oh, do you? Yeah, he's in Hawaii. Oh, must be nice. Must be fucking nice. (laughs) He's with somebody that I know. And from what I can tell, she doesn't realize it's not the real me. That makes sense. I mean, we only really kind of knew it wasn't the real you because we'd heard through a couple of back channels that you were no longer empowered by the gods. Man, I I don't know what he's up to. I mean, if we can get there, I'd like to try to talk to him, but I couldn't really glean anything off the vision. I just know where he is now. Well, I can work on trying to get us there. Uh, here's the reports from the tax that we've got, if you want to take a peek at him. Yeah, I'll trade you jobs. Sounds good. He pulls out a very odd-looking phone. You can see that it's got symbols etched into it and he takes a step towards the door and starts dialing uh, leaving you to the paperwork okay i want to start flipping through looking for patterns looking for connections yeah why don't you investigate a mystery that is a nine all right you get a hold one i guess in looking for patterns among the details i'm going to go with what is being concealed here so as you go through these reports the thing that you discover is that in all of these reports all the interactions that people around him were going fine until something happened that he butted up against the idea that he wasn't the real Jake. Like, as soon as there was some kind of pushback, you know, you find one comment um, from someone who encountered him that said something about, oh, yeah, I saw you were doing magic before. Like, what happened with that? That it's like a switch. He instantly gets violent. And it doesn't even seem that he's violent at the people around him. It's just a lashing out at the environment. Huh. 
Well, yeah, I'll head back over to the detective. Did you find anything? Uh, it seems like he's, I don't know if he's unaware, but he's not taking it well when confronted with the idea that he's not the real me. Oh. There's this group, they call themselves the Awoken, and they're like, they're like shit stirring, trying to cause a rift between like the supernatural and the non-supernatural communities. I suppose this might be their handiwork that, I don't know, maybe they tried to make a me that would give me a bad name, but like it forgot that it's not the real me or something. I, I'm not sure. All right. So how does that line up with, um, you said you wanted to talk to him. Yeah. I don't really know how to approach that conversation if a hint of that conversation is what sets him off. Right. Or what about seeing your face? Great point. I mean, that I could probably do something about. I got like wigs and fake noses and stuff. Oh, some old-fashioned espionage. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, now I'm very into this idea. I like you it. You use the word espionage. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, not having that conversation isn't really an option. Like, you know, the alternative, there are two alternatives to having that conversation. One is just kill him yeah. before anything's ever learned, and I'm not cool with that. And the other is I just cease to be me and let him take it from now on. Oh, well, you'd have to like put out some kind of announcement about like, yeah. hey, don't, don't contradict this guy. Yeah, I don't like that one either. If you did that, you think you could saddle him with your debt? Might be worth it. I mean, yeah, almost certainly. How attached are you to the name? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I could at least get close to him with just a, a good old-fashioned disguise, probably. Man, I mean, I have the ability to like, you know, I, I don't know what he is. I've, I've got the ability to kind of suppress magic. You know, I could just kind of shut down whatever's going on. But again, not knowing what he is or how he's powered, I would hate to accidentally shut him down, like to kill him. If there was some kind of thrall over him, I could put a stop to it. But if there's like something giving him life force, mm. I don't I don't want to end that. I don't know. Maybe we can get him in a in a cage, basically. I wonder if we can lure him into somewhere that when he starts freaking out, we've got him sufficiently contained. Oh, like someplace where he can't do a bunch of damage or like someplace where he's actually contained. I was thinking more like where he can't do a lot of damage or like where the damage he does doesn't matter. Mm. But somewhere that I could be close and, you know, have time to see what's going on with him, to try and talk to him, to try and get through to him and determine whether or not that's possible. All right. So, I mean, what kind of place would that be and what could you do to lure him there? I mean, to your second question, if he thinks he's me, I know the kinds of things that would get me somewhere. Somebody being in danger, some clue, a scent of something that worries me. All right. As far as where that is, though, I don't know. Does it seem like he genuinely has the powers I had? Like, that seems legit. Is he smashing shit with a hammer and is he teleporting or anything? Uh, yeah, from what you've read in the files, he is very clearly demonstrating all of the powers that you had, even to the point of being able to, like, channel lightning down. I mean, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but that guy's currently a powerhouse. Yeah, that's kind of what I was afraid of. And the only way to keep him from leaving is to ward him in. Again, assuming his stuff actually works the way my stuff worked. Oh, like ward him in, like you can, what, stop him from teleporting away? Yeah, get him on site, finish up a ritual, you know, fill in the last rune, whatever. That could actually trap him in a place with me. If you had to guess, because it sounds like you're kind of putting yourself in the Thunderdome with him, how you used to be and how you are now, what happens if the two of them end up fighting? I, I mean, toe to toe, I'm going to die. So can we pick a spot that's advantageous to you as you are now? I love that. You got anything in mind? Well, I'll be quite frank. I don't know. What can you do now? 
I know that you're a Magic user, obviously, and you've been kicking up quite a stir uh, inside the order. Um, so it seems like you got a set of skills on you, but I just don't know exactly what they do. I just hear stories of kind of chaos and a wee bit of destruction. But it seems that's applicable, too, to the way you were before. So I don't know what's magic and what's just kind of your vibe. That feels a little reductive. I feel like I do. I keep a pretty good lid on it. Oh, yeah? I could bring in the stack of reports I got on you. <laughs> According to my checklist, there's at least six, because I think that's how many points I like. Yeah, I've, got, <laughs> I've got six reports on you. Let's say otherwise. I mean, I can do, like, general elemental magic. You know, I can do fire. I can do lightning, blasts, walls. Uh, like I said, I can kind of do uh, an anti-magic. Um, I can turn into a monkey. That's pretty... That's relatively new. I don't know. I mean, I, I would have just kind of considered myself like a, a wizard, mm. for lack of a better word at this point. What are what do you call yourself? Just detective? Uh, yeah. Like I said, my magic's a wee different. It's, you know, kind of the opposite. I just put my, my focus on it and it kind of stops. Yeah. That's why I'm good at hunting down magicians who, uh, you know, not magicians, but <laughs> I'm not going after. <laughs> I mean, they're easier to hunt down than wizards, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, it makes me a, a good person to go after rogue wizards so monkey and elemental magic okay well what could you do before like what kind of things do you need to either be there or not be there to hamper the other guy well he can just kick ass in a melee really well so someplace where you can get distance but still got perhaps open sight lines i guess i don't know how your magic works yeah i think we're we've got to operate on sort of a batman v superman mentality here yeah like i need to be able to move about, keep distance. Yeah, but have, still have eyes on him. Yeah, be able to have like maybe set up traps or something along the way. You thinking like nature or urban? We can maybe do a bit of both. There's a facility in the Amazon where some people I know constructed and launched a rocket that to my knowledge is now sitting unused. Oh, so like surrounded by the veg. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. I love your hip lingo. <laughs> I like your words. <laughs> so surrounded by that, but then it also got the open area from all the construction and the launch and whatnot that you'd need. Yeah. Different types of structures, places I'm familiar with. I don't know how far back his memories go mm. or like if they're current, but just like wrong, you know, like if they've been partially overwritten, like he knows everything up to now times, except he remembers it as having divine powers i, I don't know mm. but yeah i mean that would get him away from people and civilization for sure and it might give me a little bit of home field advantage well the tree line would certainly give you a place to hide the magic if you're gonna put some wards up and essentially trap him in that's true and then i just need to leak him a little bit of information that'll get him to come looking so the amazon not hawaii then i suppose if we go right to him right now he's just gonna freak probably disappear i don't suppose you've got a Rough estimate of where this place is located. I know more or less exactly where it is. All right. Well, if you can get it sorted out on a map for me, I can at least get us close. Sure. Anything you want to gather up before we try and go? I mean, generally speaking, the things I do don't require a lot of material preparation. Let's see. What can he do? I mean, as far as like the hammer and the armor go, those are just things. I might be able to take those away from him. I don't think I need any special tools for it. We're already talking about how to trap him so he can't teleport far away. Might be able to do something about the lightning call. Is James around here? Yeah. Hey, James. Uh, yes? Could you help me devise a gizmo here? If I'm going to have to go fight an old version of me who can call down lightning, 
I'm wondering if I can make some kind of like lightning rod or like, uh, I don't know, something that could like absorb all of that energy and then fire it back at him instead. Oh, I see uh, something like a, a lightning rod, like you said, to, to pull the electricity down and then uh, just channel that same electricity back at him or? Yeah, or even like, I don't know, sort of serve as a reserve fuel cell for me. I mean, I can shoot lightning. So if I could just make a way to collect it instead of being stricken by it. Well, I do have the suit that I used in my travels that uh, I used to collect ambient magical energy, which allowed me to uh, make my jumps between dimensions when the time came. It is a, a, a full suit uh, that you have to wear, but it can hold a great deal of energy in the backpack. And can it, like, take it all in, at once? Oh, yes. Well, can I at least borrow it? Uh, yes. All right. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll pack that up then for the journey. I don't imagine you need the legs or the gloves or the helmet, just the torso part of it. Okay. I don't imagine we probably wear the same <laughs> inseam. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that might be it as far as packing up equipment. So otherwise, I think the rest of this is just going to be like carving runes and doing magic. And, you know, I, I don't use consumables. Mm -hmm. I've got my focus and everything, so. You get all of that gathered up and Detective Early helps you carry one of the bags outside. And there is a dark sedan parked near the entrance, and he climbs into the driver's seat. We drive into the Amazon? Uh, no, we got to drive to the main headquarters of the Order of the Ley Line, and then we'll drive to the Amazon. Oh, okay. I'll get in the passenger seat. He starts the car and pulls out into traffic, and he drives about four blocks away and pulls into a small car wash station and he reaches in his wallet and pulls out this pink metallic token and feeds it into the machine. And he pulls forward inside of the car wash. And as the foam starts to fall around the car, you realize that in the foam, you can see another place. And as the car is covered in the foam, water hits it, washes it away. And you're sitting inside of an enormous stone room that is lit by mechanical lights all across the ceiling. There are a dozen different locations marked out with yellow paint, very similar to the one that this car is sitting in. I love this. Yeah, not all of us are magical enough to use teleportation, but they found a way to use some of the elements and the magic in the ley lines, uh, essentially use those ley lines as kind of elemental pathways. I want to get a good look at this like parking spot. Like I want to try and learn what I can from this. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. The parking spot itself really is just kind of a, hey, don't stand here. <laughs> it is just marked out with a, this is where something's going to arrive. Um, but as he sees you kind of examining it, he's like, yeah, the bulk of the magic's in the car wash. Uh, obviously, it's not a car wash all over the world. That just happens to be what works out uh, in some of the more populated areas. I give him a look and I'm like, of course, somebody of your skill level wouldn't be able to see the magic here and i run my hands across the just the yellow paint on the ground yeah and he looks at it he's like oh is that right huh no it's not oh it's just a parking space oh okay well we're going to uh switch vehicles because i don't know this is going to be all that useful to us in the kind of environment you described and uh, he leads you out through a honeycomb of rooms that are very similar to this in fact it's really hard to keep your bearings of just like north and south but it's entirely deserted. There is no one else in here. As he walks you through these large cavernous rooms um, with these yellow spots marked out. And uh, after a couple of turns, you come into a room that has a pretty severe looking SUV sitting in the corner. I figured this might be more beneficial to us. Oh, yeah, I think this will do. 
All right, so uh, we'll see how close we can get. It might be a bit of a drive, but we're at least going to be Amazon adjacent. And he climbs into the SUV and pops the trunk for you. I'll throw my gear in and then hop in the passenger seat. He starts driving towards one of those parking spaces. And in the middle of all of that yellow paint, for a brief second, you do see a flash of blue. Aha! And you vanish. It's about three hours later, and you have been able to navigate him towards the launch pad. Um, You come out. Everything is pretty much the way that you remember it. Some of the foliage has encroached a little closer than it was before, but it seems like after the initial use, this place was just kind of left to be in case it is needed again. Um, But there is still the tower, there is the barracks, and a couple other small buildings, plus the large hangar that it was built in. Okay. About how frequent have his freakouts been? Like, how long might I estimate I have before another one, before he might be a danger again? Yeah, from what you saw in those files, and even just looking at the dates, it really does seem like there's not a real pattern to it. Hmm. Um, You know, it's hard to know if he's gone out more times than he's had these kind of attacks, but there's at least a couple of days between them. Well, then I think I'm going to just take the time that I feel that I need. I want to set up some some circles, like some snares. I think I want to do like you know one around the whole grounds of this place, and then like a couple smaller ones, like within narrower areas, like you know maybe one within one of the buildings. That if I can get him in there, I can trap him in even smaller, mm-hmm. and just kind of leave all of them like one piece away from completion, so that I can get them on the premises fire off the big one. And then depending on where this leads us, maybe into a smaller one, fire it off. Maybe into a smaller one, fire it off. Uh, how much time do you want to use to scatter these around the location? I mean, I think I'd be willing to give it at least like a day. Okay, so 24 hours, we'll say. So in addition to you've got the big one, that's the main setup. And to trigger these, you'll use magic. Um, but we'll say that in addition to the large circle, Give yourself just four hold, and those are four other circles you've set up that as moments come up narratively, you can tell me that one is there. Okay. All right. Um, and, you know, as I'm setting these up, I'm just generally refamiliarizing myself with this place, trying to keep in mind, like, potential advantages. Yeah, I think it makes sense that because of the location and the time you're spending, I think you also get a plus one ongoing when you are trying to like navigate the terrain. And as you start to butt up against the 24 hours that you've given yourself to kind of set up an ambush point, Detective Early comes up to you. Now, normally I'd insist on, well, being by your side when this happens, given I need to have record of everything and really just kind of generally understand what the hell's going on. But this situation seems a bit unique. I don't know if my presence is going to aid you. I don't know if it's going to make it worse. I think on this one, I'm happy to let you decide what it is you'd like me to do to help out. Even if that just means you want me outside waiting to break the the bubble if there's an issue, or I don't know if a situation's going to come up where you wish he could get away and he can't if you want me to break it, or... I think it might be best to have you close to the perimeter. I mean, you'll be able to pass through, but just in case something goes wrong that, like, I don't make it out of here and you need to report it back, leave him trapped or whatever. Although, to be fair... Circle's only going to stop him from teleporting. He could run off on foot. Oh, I see. Is he fast? No, not especially, but he can kind of like Hulk jump. Oh. Uh, you know, once he once he breaks the perimeter of this place and he gets outside the circle, then all bets are off again. All right. I'm sort of banking on the fact that 
I can keep him sufficiently engaged within here. I've got something I can put in the car. If I need to take off, I can be out of here in an instant. Uh, but otherwise, I'll stay in the car and just keep an eye out, see if anything needs my attention. Okay. Well, the last thing we need to do is somehow disseminate some information that'll bring him here. Yeah, what exactly would draw his attention but wouldn't bring the attention of local authorities or something? I wonder why in his brain he's not working with the team. Because if he thinks that Tass is alive and out there somewhere, then you know some kind of danger to Tass, some threat of like, come alone or else. But I just don't know. I have no way of knowing. Hell, I could feed him what brought us here. A rocket ship? Well, that they were trying to construct this new facility and that something was haranguing them. Oh, you didn't come here to to actually work on the rocket itself. Oh, no, God, no. We're not smart enough for that. We came here to stop a pest, basically. Oh, I see. But it would all hold water. I mean, if he's got if he's got memories of it, then he might be like, oh, something else is going on there. And if he doesn't remember this particular thing, the names and the phenomenon should be enough to bring him here because it was enough to bring me here. All right, so what's the information we're going to kick out into the dark underbelly of the paranormal world? That there's some kind of secret project going on at a joint supernatural orbital defense substation in the Amazon and some nefarious creature is trying to interfere with it. Sprinkle in a few hints that maybe it's related to a giant bat. The two of you get this information out and you start the waiting game. And you're absolutely right. It is you. So you know what would bring you. I think it's probably two days later and the sun is just starting to set. But very rapidly, the setting sun is covered with clouds. It is like some force of nature is just moving storm clouds here. And there is a loud clap of thunder and the darkness is illuminated by this stab of lightning from these clouds. And there standing at the center of the launch pad is you, hammer in hand, eyes moving side to side, looking for a target. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as the danger and excitement hits the zenith, 
leading to great failure or success. Fenriel would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're going to be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes. A tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. The choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.